everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danville, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! I would put that album down as one of the greatest debut albums of any band ever. I'm a big Black, Black Crows, Crows Shake Your Money Maker, uh, one of the be- definitely the best Black Crows album I think, um, and definitely one of the best debut albums. What would you guys say? One of the give me like top two or three best Oof. debut albums. Appetite for Destruction. This album. Uh, that's in mine. That's a great one. That's I have a, three. I have three. My, my three. Flints, I'm going to throw in there. Even. But was that his debut album? Didn't he have an album before oh, no. that? I cannot. We got to look that up. I don't Did know. you know, Tone? I don't know wrong. if you knew this. That was the first concert I ever went to. Really? Not, oh, you didn't know that either, Dan? No. I Prince? I was you in eighth grade. once, but I, I, I definitely didn't retain that information. I was in eighth grade. My sisters were going to see Prince. They had an extra ticket. My mother made him take me. I went in with like... My my Sex Pistols, Sid Vicious T-shirt, my Mohawk, my camos, my Docs, and I walk in to see a Prince show, all annoyed because I was like, I don't want to fucking see Prince, but my mom kind of made me go, and I was blown away, dude. I was a freaking huge fan from that day on. I mean, he was a ridiculous uh, live. But was that his first album? Did you check it? Purple Rain. Dan, did you check that? You want to check that? I did not. Okay. Check. I thought you were checking it. Doesn't matter. But Purple Rain I'd say was, that I mean, amazing, man. I mean, shit, the, you know. The, well, it wasn't the Purple Rain show I saw. It was Love Sexy, but he did a lot of stuff off of Purple Rain. But the three best debut albums that I would go with in his personal, this, Black Crow, Shaker, Moneymaker, Appetite, and Pearl Jam 10. Those are my mm. three. Yeah. And, and not only, like, the it might be like high watermark for those bands too. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it never to be topped again. That might be it. You know, that's. I definitely have okay. to think that with Pearl Jam. I mean, I don't think Pearl Jam put together mm. an album where I liked every song since that album. Um, nope. You know, they half a good album. You know, a quarter of a good album, a couple of good songs, but yeah. from start to finish, ten was an amazing, fucking uh, amazing album. Yeah, they never did uh, beat that. I never got into Pearl Jam too much, but uh, I do agree that that album was. I remember that being an album. I remember when I first heard it, that I even though you know you know those albums. There's some bands. I think that's a big difference back in the day than now. Some of those, even the pop bands, you can appreciate bands that you didn't even like back then because like like I wasn't a huge REM fan, but you would hear some of the stuff. You'd be like, "This is a good band," you know. I yeah. mean, I mean, I thought REM is one of my favorites. But like the nope. Black Crows, like seeing things is such a killer song. It's a song that never gets old off that record. Uh, this whole album, start yeah, to finish, is just a banger. It's a no, great they tour album. now in the states. Are you, did you guys see them? Did they come by you? I know they've been doing touring now. 
we saw them. Well, we saw Jimmy Crow of uh, Jimmy Crow, <laughs> Jimmy Page with the Black Crows. <laughs> um, we saw that years ago. Um, and Dan, you were there. Uh, yeah. I, and then my wife and I went to see them at Irving Plaza. They were doing like five or six shows back in like 2005. And we went up for one of the shows. It was ridiculous. And these small plays. Yeah. And they were just ridiculous. I've seen um, Chris Robinson's solo band. Uh, his, well, his other band, New Earth Mud. I have saw them opening for a band called Mo in Atlantic City. Um, so I've seen him a couple of times. And, uh, but Black Crows yeah. together as one band only once. By the way, Purple Rain, not the debut album. Not surprising. It's, you know, Purple Rain is a 1984 release. And for that, we've got albums that went platinum three times, another one that went gold, and one that didn't chart uh, before we ever get to Purple Rain. That's actually the sixth studio album, if you can believe it. Really? Between 78 and 84. Yeah, I mean, you got For You, which I don't even remember. And again, it didn't say it charted. Uh, so, you know, I could throw that out. But then you got a self-titled Prince. Uh, went platinum and silver, or you know, depending on which chart you're looking at. Gold, Dirty Mind, which, again, I don't remember. Controversy. And then 1999, which is kind of crazy because that was a whole thing. Uh, right. And then Purple Rain. So Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of shocking. Yeah, I had a feeling it wasn't the first, but to be quite honest, I don't really remember any of those before it, so it might as well have been no. the first. Well, you think yeah. about it, in 1984, I mean, we weren't even 10 years old, so, like, we wouldn't have been familiar with any of that old stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, uh, yeah. I would click Appetite for Destruction, I remember, I actually remember when that came out, because I remember, like, the Deadpool movie with Dirty Harry, and I remember seeing, like, this... That's right. They had, but, that was Jim Carrey in that movie, actually, who overdosed. He was He played the... Uh, did he really? Yeah, that was Jim Carrey. But uh, and actually, Guns N' Roses is in the movie. They're actually when uh, Clint Eastwood's walking through the, by this boatyard, they're like shooting harpoons or something. But um, I remember seeing the, the movie trailer for that and hearing the song. And then I remember, I think I saw Sweet Child of Mine video. I think Welcome to the Jungle came out first. But I remember just being like, what the hell is this? Like, Because there was that music that, and I was really young, but there was like kind of heavy music. But then you heard like Welcome to the Jungle was different. It was so pissed off. You could just tell. And that whole album, I yeah. mean, shit. It's so easy. Is it still amazing tune? Like uh, they were all great. Night, Night Train, Mr. Yeah, Brown. Of course, like Paradise City, you never have to hear again, uh, right? I mean, Sweet Child of Mine, you never have to hear again. I mean, it, but it's a damn good album. I'm I'm a big fan of, of Rocket Queen. It was Queen. my it's first my... CD. Yeah, first CD Rocket I ever owned. Queen. Well, that was Appetite. Oh, Rocket Queen. Yeah, yeah, it was Rocket Appetite. Queen was one and of my favorite songs from Guns. You know, I had, most of what I had was cassettes. I didn't really collect any vinyl back then. I was not into that um, at the time, and you know, cassette art was so small that when mm-hmm. I got the Appetite CD with that crazy art that was in it, it was yeah. awesome. You know, if you remember all that art, it was like oh, yeah. really exactly. strange. That was the original cover before it got banned to Appetite. With yeah. the alien raping the girl. Right. Yeah, yeah. there's a name. That, I can't think of the name the name of it, but there's a name to that. And I tell you about yeah, Rocket Queen, which is really interesting. The girl moaning in that. Um, yeah. Steven Adler's girlfriend showed up at the studio and he wasn't there and Axel had sex with her in the booth. And that's the recording of that girl on that rec- on that. Is that I feel true? like that's got to be that the legend. true. Yeah, I yeah, actually heard. I don't no, know. No, no, that... look it up. Look it up. It's true. All right, all right. We'll check it out. But, now, but before we do jump... his track separately, because he's also on that same time. <laughs> so are they both recorded live? Because that would be something um, else entirely. <laughs> if he sang that whole song, made it to the album, while he was banging Adler's like, girlfriend. He is the man. 
is now a fat man. They should yeah. change that friggin' name to Dairy Queen. I will tell you what, though, Dairy Queen. I tell you what, though, he was he filled in for Brian Johnson on the ACDC tour last year, and people were talking. He killed it, man, with that. I mean, he yeah, was he's a great vocalist. But like I think that, in the airport. <laughs> but we should actually jump into some hockey. We're the Uncle Puckers. Chris, Dan, and Tony tonight. Bobby's taking the second night off. So um, we have some news that we need to discuss. Tom uh, mm. Fitzgerald has locked up Jasper Brad as of yesterday, signing eight year $63 million contract with an annual average salary of 7.875. Jesper Bratt is a New Jersey devil for the foreseeable future boys. Before we get into anything else, thoughts on that? Dan, what do you think? I mean, I think my initial response was great, question mark, or yay, question mark, because, you know, I, I don't know. I just I want to see how everything else shakes out. We got money for everything. If Bratt works out, fantastic. I wanted to keep him no matter what. I was really eager to him resign all year. The playoffs gave me pause a little bit. Um, the money is not nothing, but on the other hand, were you going to get him for much less? No, yeah. you weren't. So I, I'm okay with that if you want to keep him at all. And I think we do, as an organization, want to keep him and uh, say, you know, look, that, that playoffs is not going to be the Jesper Brack going forward, especially now that we've paid the bill. Okay, um, If he was part of some kind of package deal, uh, and we were going to unload him. I would understand it, to be honest with you. But um, I, I think that would be a very, you know, huge, crazy move. I mean, this is one of our cornerstone guys uh, of this team's, you know, core. And so it, I guess it is good to lock him up. And, you know, I, I, the number, they had to get his jersey number. I thought that was kind of interesting. Was it like <laughs> That's true. a kind of joke? When it, you know, was is he into numerology and... You know, they were stuck at 62 for for a while, and he's like, no, I need 63. For the Devils, it's a good thing, I guess, he's not a Gretzky fan. He's one of wearing 99, because we would never be able to afford him. Yeah, too bad he's not wearing 14, though. You know, that would be great. that would be better. Well, well, Tone, (laughs) what do you think? Well, I think a couple things. I think that it's, you know, now that they've signed him, man, I got to admit, I'm happy. Um, I was just talking to Chris the other day about how I wanted to get the core locked up. I felt like, you know, Buffalo had their core locked up midseason. I was kind of bitching to Chris about it. And Chris was like, they'll do it, you know. And then, like, five hours later, we got Brad in there, which is, you know, um, you know, this guy was a six-round pick. You know, this guy, I mean, he, he has – he's such a great skater. And I think now – and all, I mean, he's just – I'm glad he's back. The number I'm not surprised about. I think he would have got more if he would have went on the market, actually, from another team. Um, I had heard something, actually, kind of interesting, that the Devils kind of told his agent, if we don't get this deal signed, we're going to put – it's going to – you're going to be – he's going to put – we're basically going to put him on the market. So this might have, you know, finally got it done. Well, you know, the one thing that Brett has constantly been saying is that he wants to stay in Jersey. He wants to be a part of this team. And that's all well and good. We all know the last two summers were contentious negotiations. Um, you know, we're heading for arbitration. Finally get the one-year deal done. And I get why Fitzgerald told him last year, you know, I think it was like 5.3, 5.2 around there that he played this one year. You want the long-term. You produce this year. And we'll get you the long-term contract. And we'll get you for what you're worth. And he did. I mean, he had 32 goals. He had uh, 76, 77 points around there. Uh, you know, very good player for this team. Um, and Fitzgerald kept his word. Now, I did hear an interview with Fitzgerald uh, today I was listening to. And he. it's funny that you mentioned that, Tone, because in the interview he did say 
they asked him about whether or not he was going to think about going up for a first-round draft pick in this year's draft, and he said, well, he goes, you never know. He goes, we did have a, a big chip. Uh, you know, Jasper Bratt would have definitely gotten us that and more. And he threw it out there like, you know, this was after the, he was signed. Like, hey, that was probably, you're right, that was probably swinging in the breeze. Like, look, man, if you're going to make this contentious, if you're going to demand more than what you're worth, then, yeah, we're probably going to have to part ways. Uh, he said he got the call uh, yesterday morning at 9.30 uh, our time from Brat's agent, said Jesper's happy, he's ready to make the deal, and that was it. It was signed. And, you know, Did you so hear, Chris, we, also that the, um, with the Brat thing, that they had said that, um, who was it? Oh, God, I just totally lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. But, yeah, they, they were saying that with, with him – that he wanted to stay in Jersey the whole time. And I kind of believe that now. I just, I mean, and look at this. We have what? So we have used till 2030, right, locked up. We have yep. Heashier till 2027. Yep. And then now you have Brat till 2023. And I think, yep. and we all know that the, the media was saying today that Fitzgerald actually confirmed this on the thing you're talking about, Chris. Um, so Meyer wants to stay in Jersey is the thing. He wants eight Not years. Not only... Not only, yeah, not only does Meyer want to stay and want the eight years, he told Claude Lemieux, go get me a deal. Go get me a contract with New Jersey. I don't want to hear nothing. I want eight, yeah, I want eight years. Go get me a contract. And Fitz was talking about it too, said the exact same thing that, you know, so it looks like Meyer's going to get done. I would not be shocked if it's done very soon. I, don't, I think it will definitely be done before July 1st in the free agency. Um, but I wouldn't even be shocked if it's done before this weekend. And I think it'll be in the eight and a half, eight, seven, five range that's for eight thinking. years. And you know what? Myers use Brat. I mean, that's Myers use Brat and Heesher for the next bunch of years. It's a great core, right? I mean, and you also have a, coming July first. You can also actually extend Dawson Mercer. Now I don't know if Tom Fitzgerald is really going to want to get into that this year. I'm sure it'll be a next year's issue, which is fine. But what's that? Didn't you get that vibe today when you were watching his press conference that Mercer's not really on the main, is not a priority? No, right and, I, and he shouldn't be. And he shouldn't be. You know, you got him, you get him for the other year. But, but you know, there are a few RFAs we still got to lock up. They got to lock up McLeod and Holla. And I think those are going to be easy deals. They're not going to be too contentious. I mean, it, it should, you know, both of them should probably get a little bit of a raise. But Devils are in good shape right now. And like you said, the nucleus of this team. Once Meyer's done, you know, you and you still you have Palat for five more years. You have Hamilton for I think five more years. You have you know Heischer, Bratt, those two I just mentioned, Meyer, Hughes, and you're going to hopefully lock up Mercer this year. This team is looking really good. So we're a place you want to be now. How rare is that, right? We're a place that players want to come to. And God, I think we're going to be so killer for the next bunch of years. I'm really, I mean, I got to say, I was thinking about it today. I'm like, and then when, right when the Meyer thing started coming out, I was like, God damn, this is exciting, man. Yeah, it's I'm coming together. Tom Fitzgerald is a fantastic salesman for New Amazing. Jersey. He really is. Like, yep. you know, he, he has said time and time again, he tells his players, just like he said to Meyer, like, just come here. Just come here. You know, everybody thinks it's fucking swamps and industrial land like Elizabeth and stuff like come here you know go to Jersey City go down to the shore go see this state it's beautiful it's a great place to live he sells it friggin better than anybody and uh you know it works I mean uh 
Meyer really likes it here, and I think the fact of all the Swiss guys here really helps. I mean, they all went to the Swiss Embassy in New York yep. after the season. They got some special award, all five of them. And uh, is it five or four? Four, right? I thought it was four. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the, you're right. You Siegenthaler, Schmid, right? Schmid, and then you yeah, got Meyer, Meyer and, uh, of course, he sure. Yeah, I, uh, think I, that's I don't know it. if I'm missing anybody else. I tell you, with Meyer, one thing you do get with him, which is nice, is you do get playoff experience. The guy's played 46 games in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you know, he... He showed he can be you – know, the thing with him this year is I think it took him a while to get adjusted to the Devils. Like at first, you know, he'd sure. only played with the Sharks. You know, he spent his yeah. – when he was drafted there and stuff, he uh, – so I t- took a little it, time. And I, he's a little bit of beef too. I mean, I think he's definitely like, – like we were saying before, he's got that claw to me with him. I, yeah. I think that – I think Timo Meyer is going to have one of his best years of his career starting off with this team. I'm very high on that, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- this season should be a lot of fun. And, you know, the thing that also really intrigued me that Fitzgerald said, and it was kind of like a passer comment, like he really, but he was asked about, you know, any free agents that he has his eye on. And he basically said, that, you know, we'll be in contact with the people that we are interested in. And then he moved on. Like, okay, dude, who the hell, that's what I want to know. Who do mm-hmm. you have, who does this team have their eye on? Because I kind of feel... Like, okay, we have this core, this nucleus that's together, and it's going to be together for a long time. And we have to kind of talk about this assuming the Meyer deal is going to get done because everything is pointing to both sides wanting this. It's going to get done. Yeah, I think so. So you have this nucleus, which is super young and super talented. And, I mean, other than Palat, these guys are all, you know, not, none of these guys have won cups. This is something that they're all going to do for the first time together at some point, hopefully. I hope that they have some balls this offseason. I want to see them do something big and ballsy. And I don't know if that's a move for, you know... Uh, like, I think the teams I keep hearing with Connor Hollebuck are Toronto, Carolina, and the Kings. Hmm. I think you can kind of toss Carol, I mean Toronto out only for the simple fact I've also read that he does want to play for an American team. He's been in Winnipeg his whole career. He's an American kid. He wants to play in America. He's 30 years old. He's not a kid. American man. He wants to play here. So if Carolina gets him, that is really going to put a giant fucking monkey wrench in everything that the Devils are going to want to do. Because to get through Carolina is tough enough. To get through them with Connor Hollebuck backstopping is going to be a really, really tall task. Um, and same with Toronto. I would love to see them go out. And, and look, maybe, you know, like I, we've talked about a million times, Schmidt and Vanacek is the answer. Maybe Schmidt is the guy. And maybe it's not even a goaltender that they have their eye on. But I think you have to make – go out there, spend some money, go get flashy, go get – go get not flashy. That's a bad word to use. But just get some – go out and make, a, make, make an impact. Go find somebody that you are really interested in that you think is going to help this team and go out and make an impact. Well, what do you mean about by that? Like what – what, what kind of player you think is going to make the most impact? What type of player? You know, you don't have to give me the guy. Are we talking about a certain position? Are you talking about a certain style player, a certain physique? What What is it you're looking for? I thought for a while that, you know, we talked a little bit about defensemen on the last show yeah. that we did. And yeah. there's a lot of guys that could fit in. I mean, when we looked at all those free agents, and the more you look at them, the more that they are big contracts, and I don't want that. You know, our blue line, I think, is pretty freaking set. And if maybe you're a little bit worried about Nemec and Hughes, and I don't 
I've watched some tape on Nemec. This kid is going to be fantastic. He really is going to be fantastic. Like when he develops a year in the system along with Hughes for a year, like 2024 looks huge for this team and this blue line. So, you know, maybe a guy that you can just a good stay at home, solid size defenseman. That's not a big splashy move. But I'm saying if you have your eye, if you believe that Connor Hollebuck is the answer, if you believe that, you know, UC Soros or there was a whole bunch of other goalies that were on the list that I saw, a bunch of different people were posting stuff, and they were guys that I wouldn't trade the two that we have for, like Tristan Jari or uh, Murray. Um, you know, yeah. maybe maybe Corpusalo I would think about, but I'll tell you who I would love to see the Devils get, and that he will not be on. I will put money on it. He will not get signed, and it will be unprecedented, and you could probably get him for about four to four and a half million dollars. Aiden Hill. Really? Vegas is not going to have the money. When you really stop and look at it, they're, I don't think they're going to have the money to sign him, which is actually going to be completely unprecedented if they did get rid of him because you were talking about the last two Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, I mean, that's what dumping, happened. Dumping Kemper, their goalies. Kemper and... Kemper, uh, yeah, and, and they let uh, Francois go. He was his backup. Yeah, so right. they were coming to... Colorado was coming in with, you know, and the Gorgia played very well for them. Um, but I would love to see them make a move for Aiden Hill. That's interesting. That's very interesting. You know, the thing is, we were talking previously about a goaltender with a little bit more experience, especially. And, you know, look, he's got the best possible rookie year experience you can get. It's, you right. know, a cup win. Uh, so it, that'd be uh, hard to pass up, despite. The relative inexperience and, and age. I mean, it's nothing but promising. He, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Um, I hadn't even think that. I would. I didn't look into this, and I would have never guessed that he'd be available. I would have thought that might be one of the hardest goaltenders to get in the league right now. Is the guy coming fresh off the, the Stanley Cup victory? I, I think that's like crazy to me that they're not going to retain their goalie. Yeah, they, they apparently are going to move forward with uh, Francois and whoever uh, his backup was. I can't remember, but you know we a... are in a weird place with goalies, though. Let's yeah. like let's think about what that means the last two years. And I think we were talking about this earlier this season. How you know, as a league, they've kind of moved to like because of the style of play and the development of all these guys, they're more interchangeable than ever, both in the way they play and the results they get. Yeah. There's very few guys who dominate, like Shesterkin or uh, Vasilevsky. Outside of that, you know, it, it, the reason they don't seem to dominate consistently is that they're all kind of on the same level. And maybe that's why teams don't really mind letting their Stanley Cup victory goalies go. I mean, I think that would have been un- unheard of uh, in decades past. You know? Yeah. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. I know so a couple shows about ago, Aiden I was kind of oh, sorry, Aiden Hill. I mean, I like Aiden. I can't picture them letting him go. But like you said, it's happened. We've seen it happen now. It's not like a, a strange thing. Which is, I, I'm going to go back to a couple shows ago where I didn't totally agree. But now I've rethought. Now that we started signing guys again, like I'm kind of getting excited and thinking, the Hellebuck thing, man. I'm like, ah, I, right. I kind of would like to see this happen. You know, um, yeah. seems especially attractive now. But I'm going to name a guy who I would like to see on this team, Gudis. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, I would like to see Gudis on this team. Um, yeah. You know, well, I would definitely. I mean, 
You, you hate know, him, he's not with you, but I think we would like him. And I think, like Chris said, we have a lot of prompt. Like, I'm excited as hell, but we do need to not forget that we need to step up the physical, you know, the physical aspect of the team too. So, and he definitely and, and, brings and, that. And if you signed a guy brings like a nasty Luz, edge, yeah. And if you signed a guy like him to even just a one or two year deal, um, you know, I think that that would bring bring a lot to this team. Um, yeah, I like him. I mean, he's a hell of a defenseman. I mean, the guy can fucking play, um, and he's physical as all hell. And, yeah, I mean, I can totally get behind that. Now, I like the idea of maybe like a Tyler Bertuzzi or a Max Domi and guys like that. If you can, I feel like Bertuzzi's going talking. back to Boston. I don't know why. I feel like he's going back to Boston for some reason. No, he definitely mm-hmm. said he wants to test the market. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes back to Detroit. But, uh, <laughs> you know, to be well, honest with you. But, um, you know, if now by saying a, 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 a ballsy move, a ballsy move is – getting rid of some assets, getting rid of some players that might even be on this team, and making a trade with Winnipeg for Connor Hollibaugh. Now, that is a ballsy move because he's going to demand big money. He will definitely be the highest-paid devil, period. Um, And I think if you believe that this team is a goaltender away from really competing for a Stanley Cup, you got to pull the trigger. You just don't know what the future holds. You don't know what's going to happen. what do you think you can get? For Sharon Govich and Holtz. If you package, what do you think you can get for those guys? That's a, I mean, some teams, that's an interesting, because Holtz, you don't know, this guy may come around. You don't know. Maybe, maybe. You're not going to get Hallibuck. Not a Hallibuck, but what can no. you get for these two guys? Because Sharon Govich, I was reading today, he's pretty much, you know, not going to be here next year. It's pretty much, they're shopping him around already. We were talking about him in the last show, and I was saying that I, I think he does actually deserve another shot. I would like to, you know, I feel like his one bad year, We, I think he can get over that. Um, he's good on the penalty kill. He could be a he good fourth so line guy. He so many scratches, though. Lindy definitely yeah. seemed like he was kind of through with him at various points in the season more than any other player. Other than the nucleus yeah. guys that we talked about, which is basically our top six, you know, uh, Palat, Hamilton, or, or all of our D guys, maybe except Siegenthaler, and then anybody in the bottom rung other than maybe McLeod, I would be fine with getting rid of. I would be fine with that. Now, what would like a Holtz and Sharon Govich get you? I don't know. Maybe that, maybe a, a, a later Uh-oh. round draft pick would get you um, Corpusalo, maybe from LA. Um, Is that worth like it? That. But is that is that worth it? Now I'm yeah. saying if you're willing to package those dudes, then why not package a couple more and go get Connor Hollabuck? Um, I think what the thing with Sharon Govich and Holtz is you really don't. You may be getting two good players because they. Sure. So Sharon Govich may have had just a bad year last year because we saw him the year before, and I really liked him when he came out of the gate. I mean, uh, and Holtz I've never really seen since he's been with the Devils. I've seen in Utica. He you know he hasn't. He's, it's been good, but. Uh, haven't been totally impressed yet, so I don't know with Holtz. You know, if you're making a move on any goaltender, you know, you you probably want to get rid of at least one of your two. I'm sure a lot of Devils fans would say, "Well, Schmidt's, you know, the young, promising guy. Let's get rid of Anacek." But you don't carry both of them, so that that's going to be part of the package that you're talking about. I don't think, from what Tom Fitzgerald said, he kind of leaned on a little bit that he has. You know, he really likes Schmidt, and he expects him to be the goaltender of the future. So I wouldn't see him being packaged, but I could totally see Vanacek being packaged. Right. Um, you know, and if you're Winnipeg, and I don't know who they have in their pipe, but they're going to need somebody to play goal, and he's a very good goalie. Uh, I, 
if you did something like Holt, Sharangovich, Vanacek, and maybe a third rounder, you give him a yeah. haul. And you get yeah. Connor Hollebuck, and you know you have him for this year, and you hope to work something long term out, like you did with Timo Meyer. I'm not saying eight years, of course not, because eventually you do want to hand those keys to Schmid or somebody else that's in the system. I mean, Fitzgerald has right. drafted a goalie every draft since he's been the general manager. So, but right yeah, now, and it could be part of a, a three way deal, or not even a three way, just a multi deal move where. You know, like you said, we got we have to give away some picks too. But then we get him back again in a Vanacek deal. That's right. separate. You know, like you know. So to, because the point is, is that you're not going to want to keep three of them. You know, you're no, not going to keep. You're not. No, you're it, not. A for sure, but even a Corpusalo, uh, Schmidt, and Vanacek. There's no reason, and I really don't want to see him go to three. I think that if we need a third guy, that's where we're calling up Dawes. We're calling up somebody in the system already. And we're and we're gonna get rid of people who have a value. I think Vanacek still has a value. I think if he sits on the bench most of this year, he's gonna have less of value. Uh, so you know, like it's probably better to make that move sooner if they're seriously gonna go after goalie. I do think that the probably what this team's gonna do is give Schmidt every opportunity this year to take the number one spot and be the guy. And if right. they you know if they don't feel like it come the trade deadline, maybe they'll see what's available. Uh, that I I think that's what they're going to do unless they can somehow, like I said, make go go a, big, make, right? make, go big, go big. If if you can make a deal with Nashville or with Winnipeg for one of those two dudes, and you believe that that is what's missing for this team to win compete for a Stanley Cup this year, because look, every other team is going to be better. It's that simple, and the Devils have gotten better. Metro Plus, with signing Meyer, yeah, they signed Meyer. That's a huge deal. Um, you know, he is going to be with this team from Jump Street this year. Devils are going to, and plus you're, you're, you have Hughes for an entire year, Luke Hughes, that is, for an entire year on the blue line. The, the tape I've seen on Nemec is this dude is just as good as Hughes in every way. He's just as freaking good. Um, the, I watched those two dudes, play in the IAHF this year, and he was uh, impressive, man. Like I said, yeah, a, you the, know. these two guys, once they develop a little bit more, are going to be amazing, and they are ours for the foreseeable future, which is awesome. just, I mean, Tom Fitzgerald has done a fantastic job with building a team out through the draft. It takes longer, but you get a much longer success with it, and now you did it. Go out and make a splash for those missing pieces. That's what I want. So you're to leaning that way, right? You know, because I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of leaning. Unless you can get Hellebuck for the right price, that doesn't totally decimate your chances to keep a long-term version of this team. Then, you know what? Uh, for now, ride the, the guys you got and see what the trade deadline looks like, both in terms of their performance and what's out there, um, because. You know, I know that sounds a little too conservative in some ways, but as attractive as winning everything this year is, don't forget what we already said. Like, we're looking at the defensive core really coming alive the year after next. You know yeah. what I mean? And that and that's going to be a huge important thing. Like, so if I'm putting all my chips in and i got to win this year because I'm, I'm really accelerating everything, I feel like we, we are not going to be satisfied with just making the goaltender move. I think we have to bring in the experienced defenseman and you know uh that that's going to be costly um so and at that, that, that point you're going on the back end you're trading the possibility of a 10-year you know 
grandiose uh, era of a, of contention and possibly multiple cups, you're trading that for like a more like right right here right now, you know? Right. And you know, I guess it really does depend on what you have to give up, and it always does. But uh, that's the unknown. I really don't know what we're gonna have to give up to get a Hallibuck. Yeah, now, instance. you also there's also another way that you could play this is you know let's say that the Carolina Hurricanes may go out and they get Connor Hallibuck this summer. Connor Hallibuck only has a one year deal, so Carolina is only guaranteed to have him for the twenty three twenty four season. Now, if they don't lock him up long term, he's an unrestricted free agent after next year. If you wanted right. to try and make a play with him, not give anything up, and just have him sign with your team, that is also a possibility down the road. I do think that probably the best bet would be to go with the two guys we have. Uh, as much as the thought of Connor Hallbuck, everything you say makes sense. That's why I would be a terrible GM, because I would only look at the here and now, not five years in the future. And the main reason the Devils are this good now is because that's all Tom Fitzgerald looked for, five years in the future. You know, right. Vegas looked at, we need to win a cup in six years, and the Devils... And they, they basically made all their moves within the last two to three that got them this cup. The Devils are looking for sustained uh, growth and sustained success throughout the course of the next 10 years, at least the next eight, um, that these guys are locked up. Uh, so, yeah, if you, you know, Schmidt played great against the Rangers. You can't take that away from him. So, I mean, it's so easy to look at what he did against Carolina, but also look at what the whole team did against Carolina. To put it right. all on Schmid is a mistake. To put it all on Vanacek is a mistake. If we play Absolutely. good in the first two games against the Rangers be in front of Vanacek, who knows what would have happened. So yeah. I do think we have two very comp- – I, I don't think that there's – I think there's a lot of teams in the NHL that would take our two goalies any day of the week. So Honestly, I, th- I think the duo has the potential to be – a top three or four duo, but what have they proven so far? I put them in the top ten, you know, yeah. uh, duos out there. So yeah. that's not bad, you know. I mean, they're not Olmark and Swayman, but, you know, yeah, I agree with you. They're very good. And the the thought of what Schmidt can be after watching that Ranger series, I do think he does deserve it. So if we're not going to move forward with a huge goalie, then what else would you guys like to see? You know, I mean, to me, I'm still hooked on Tyler Bertuzzi. I think he helps this team enormously. It's a good call. I, you know, Chris he's Matthew GM. Kachuk. We, he trade light. the farm for uh, he trade the farm for frickin' Stone if Chris was the GM. Uh, I wouldn't actually because the news came out that he is going to be injured, and they don't really know how much he's going to actually play next year. He was saying he might just be in and out of that lineup with his injuries. So, you know, Mark oh Stone, Mark Stone, you know. Right Those after the surgery, up were gnarly, man. Right, they were yeah, some they're bad, bad, bad stuff. But uh, what, I'm gonna stick with the defense. I would like Gudis. I mean, if I think of like Siegenthal or Hamilton, well, guys what like kind you. of money is Gudis looking at? Because I have a guy I like. If we're gonna talk about guys, a big do, big defensive guys, I like Shea Weber mm-hmm. out in Arizona. I, never, I didn't think about that. And um, ninety percent sure that he is available, and even if he's not, you could always trade for him. I mean, it's Arizona; they'll and they'll probably pick up ninety percent of his contract. Bunch of ding dongs. Um, <laughs> but I just think that a guy like that—he's dude, big boy. He's six foot four. He's two hundred and thirty pounds. He's up there in age. But we're not looking for a guy for five years. We're looking for a guy for a year or two. Like to me, like Gudis is young. 
like a guy like Shea Weber for a guy you just want that stability back there. Well, Gudis is, the, is thirty three years old. Oh, he is but that I, old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was. I thought he was still in his twenties. Yeah, um, his, his beard is only in its twenties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, like, Shea Weber, to me, that's a guy that can fit good with this club for a year. Um, I'm going to find out what his contract is. I didn't even think about him. So, as of right now, he signed a 14-year, $110 million contract with Nashville, including a $68 million signing bonus. This was back in, what year was that? Uh, in 23, 24, he'll earn a base salary of $1 million while carrying a cap hit of $7.8 million. So the way that they did his contract before they shipped him off to Montreal and then to Arizona, and I'm pretty sure he, yeah, so he's an unrestricted free agent. He's an unrestricted free agent that's made a boatload of money in his career. He's 37 years old, and you know what he doesn't have? The Stanley Cup. So a guy like Shea Weber, I think you can probably entice him to this team for a relatively uh, lower contract, a little bit of an undervalued contract for the chance to play and possibility. I mean, the guy's been in Arizona and Montreal. for. I mean, Montreal, they got to the uh, championships, uh, what, the cup championship two years ago, but he wasn't on the team. So, you know, between the crappy years in Montreal, the crappy years in Arizona – you know, there's a dude that might just say, I'll take the one-year deal for, you know, whatever you think his market value is. Uh, you know, maybe $3 million, $4 million. You get the guy, and uh, you got a good good dude. Now, I don't know what Gudis' contract is. Do you have it there, Tone? No, I don't have his contract. I'm looking, actually, for it now. So, I, I wouldn't now, be surprised if he's worth a little bit more than we're hoping. I mean... And is he an unrestricted? Is he a free agent? Yes, he'll be a free agent this year, I believe. He is. Restricted or unrestricted? Stats. One second here, and I'll tell you. Contract, contract, contract. It looks like 2.5. It was a 2.5 base salary of a a cap hit, also 2.5. So it was a a total of of 7.5 for the last three years. So he's on average of $2.5 million. That's actually less than I was hoping. I mean, than I was expecting. It's yeah. More than I could hope for, actually. With him, he so, really, you know, he covers a couple of different things. He can, you know, he's he's good on the ice, but he's also he's kind of a prick, right? I mean, you know, and oh, yeah. for Jack, we need Jack protected. As we saw, like, look, you got Kachuk who couldn't even play the last game of the Cup because he was so bashed up. We don't need to happen with use and stuff like that in the playoffs. And I think we, we've talked about it a million times. We are we're a young, fast, speedy team. We're targets. Like we have those guys that they want to hit. Like you. You know. Matthew Kachuk's yeah. injuries are all his own fucking doing. It's that simple. Yeah, it, the, the, you know the way he. Yeah, but look plays, at look at Meyer. Like, I mean, Meyer had his yeah. head down one play, yeah. and it, he he actually didn't recover from that hit as yeah. as a hundred percent as we would have liked. You know, no. I that agree. Him down. But I, I think yeah. But Tony does make a, a ton of sense on that. Like a guy like yeah. like. Gudis is a dude that you know what if he's on the ice and he's out there with Hughes, people are going to think twice about getting you know Hughes and Heischer and having their way with them. Uh, another guy again, the right price. I think that's a freaking great, great choice. Um, you know, lock him up for a couple of years and give our and that's the kind of dude like we talked about a leader on the blue line. Like, who is going to be the guy that's going to really show these two young guys the future of this team how to play the right way? 
and how to play playoff style. You know, all right, I'll take him over Shea Weber, but I like them both. But I, yeah. I mean, if you can get your hands on Gudis, I would totally be down for that because he really does bring an element to this team that they don't have. Uh, we have a great defense, and they can all move the puck. And the you know power play should be a lot better with Luke Hughes out there. Um, this coming season, it should really look good. But who's our power guy? Who's the guy that you go and get in Schmid's you know paint? Who's the guy that's going to knock you on your ass and flatten you? We don't have those dudes. No, Timo Meyer this year hopefully will be. A guy like Gudis could be. A guy like Tyler Bertuzzi could be. Um, Most of the goals against was just you know them getting uh, outplayed right in front of their net and not yeah. having anybody to stand up to the uh, getting their goalie pushed around or at least screened and and you know partially interfered with. Right. That cost their more goals against than anything else this this postseason. So that you're right, that has to change. That has to be a big now, priority. And regular ahead, season two, we saw we got. I mean, we had there were so many games that we talked about on this show. Where we're like, hey man, they just plowed over. Uh, Schmidt, nobody cared. Like you can't. Right. There's nobody to protect that. So, Did, and to have a championship team, I really believe these are like elements. You have to have this. There's like a recipe. You have to have someone to answer the bell. You have to have the uh, the, the guy who's going to step it up. You know, and we're always missing that that last at that part right there. It, there. But it has to be a controlled. It has to be controlled. When you're yeah. reckless, you end up what like Florida in the finals, where they were just completely dismantled from the way that they played those first three series. Now, they had to play that way to get there. But but it cost them and it cost them a legitimate chance at the cup because they were this the first puck drop the, the first minute of game 1 this series was over. Uh you know, I mean Vegas really, I mean the game they lost it was basically a freaking sweep. I mean, they gave up a late goal and they lost in overtime. Uh they basically swept them. But, and I wasn't on last show, guys, but I got to say, I thought Florida, I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys about this. I thought with Florida, I think they went for a run at the end of the season, and, and I was going with them most of the, you know, for the finals pretty much. I mean, I was really impressed with them, but it, it seemed like it just ran out, didn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. They just you know, ran I, out. I, I said it. I said it on the, the last show. You know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And Matthew Kachuk and that team went out, and you saw it from the first shift in that Boston series. It was balls out. They were hitting everything that moved. They were making their mark, and they were going to let Boston know that they were there. And they did it for all three series. And by the time, yeah, exactly, they were just dismantled. They had nothing left, uh, you know. And and they weren't a deep team to begin with. So when you took those guys out, it was, uh, you know, really when they were just too injured to play and and Kachuk not suiting up. It was just a, a weak, weak team, uh, and that's why they lost by by seven goals in the finals. In, the, in game to five, Burke too, right? He was a big yeah. part of that whole thing with that. Now, you know, guys, if you could get, let's say, Gudis and Tyler Bertuzzi for nine million dollars, right? Both of them, total. Okay. With the addition of those guys and Timo Meyer, wow, does that solve our size problem? I mean, it's a huge, huge step towards that. I mean, it makes this team look completely different right and it makes the way teams play us completely different and i think with those guys and playing the parts that they would be playing i think our offense would be explosive because they would have so much more room with those three big guys out there we'd have a leader um, on defense i think eventually i mean i think we'd have that 
you know. Have what that? I didn't hear you. A leader, a leader to take over the defense. Yeah, I mean that is a big part with those two guys coming up. Um, you know, that's why we brought Hala and Pilat in, and it seems to have worked wonders with our young guys. Um, you know, Tom Fitzgerald said something that we kind of talked about early on in this show um, when we first started it. Um, we always said, like Dan and I, like, you know, a lot of times, especially the season prior, the Devils look like boys playing against men. Yeah. And, yep. and Tom Fitzgerald said, you know, when we went out and we got Hamilton and we had Pilat, we got Pilat and stuff, we got men because at that point, we were a bunch of boys, and then this yep. year we watched those boys turn into men. And he's right, you know. We watched this team completely look, you know, completely different between attitude and everything. But we said it from the beginning: Are they too small for the playoffs? Going out and get Meyer was a huge help, and it did help in the Ranger series. And if he was healthy, probably would have had a much bigger impact in the Carolina series. But shit happens, and he got hurt. But having him for this full full term, this full season, the next eight seasons, hopefully, um, it completely changes the way that teams are going to have to play us. And I think it makes us such a better, better hockey club. And if you could, if they could somehow pull that off or something like that, it doesn't have to be these guys, but if that's the mindset that the Fitzgerald is going into this offseason. Right yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, That's huge. I, I honestly think it makes an even bigger impact than the goaltending situation on some level. It does. It does because, look, you play well in front of Schmidt or, and Vanacek, either one of right. them. If you play sound defense and you can score goals, they'll put up good numbers. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, as much as we always say it, like you need a solid, you know, goaltender. You have to be, you know, you have to. We saw Vanacek winning, uh, Vasilevsky rather, winning cups. And, you know, it comes down to we're constantly thinking, yes, he's the best goalie in the world. That's why, you know, um, that's why they're winning cups. And then you look at this year, right? Look at this postseason. Round one, Vasilevsky's out. Sisterkin's out. Hollabuck's out. Sorokin's out. These are four of the best goalies in the world. Yep. And they're gone in the first round. And Yeah, I mean, Olmark had a great year. Olmark, and there's the other one. Great, gone in know. the first round. So Five of them. Yeah. I think we're in an era of uh, a little bit more interchangeable goaltenders. And, and, you know, here's the other thing, too. If you get let, – let's say you can only do one or the other. You can shore up your goaltending with the best possible and you can get Hellebuck, or you can build a team uh, all of the players we were just talking about. And here's the advantage of doing the players first. They play together as a team all year. That is more important because the goaltender comes in. He may help your team just by playing. You know what I mean? He doesn't need to learn a whole system. The, 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 if, if we have to, let's say we don't like Schmidt. Let me back up for a second. We don't like the Schmidt-Vanacek duo. Trade deadline, there's somebody good out there. If you make that move then, that, that goaltender doesn't need as much time to gel with the team. I think Meyer would have been even that much better for us if he had more time. Uh, I don't know if you could say that you'd expect that kind of learning curve. Uh, for adjusting to the team from a goaltender, that's going to be a little bit more plug and play. So, like when you look at the advantage of what do I do first, my players or my goaltender, if I really want to improve both, I'm saying off season right now, go with the players as much as possible. And if you if you don't like the goaltending you're getting from Vanacek and Schmidt, that yeah. is going to be a lot easier to plug into an already kicking team, uh, you know, than it, uh, the other way around. It makes a thousand percent sense. 
It really does. What you just said, yes. If I have to go out and get somebody at the trade deadline, I want a guy that can contribute immediately, not a guy that's going to take half the season to get used to these guys around. It's going to take 20 games before he even figures our system out. Um, yeah. I mean, the dude, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know I was banging the table. Go get a goalie. Go get a goalie. And when you stop and look and really think about building this team out, especially with, you know, the Brat thing coming, because I really thought Brat's contract was not going to get done this quickly. I thought it was going to be contentious. I thought it was going to be a pain in the fucking ass. And I really honestly thought up until yesterday, when I was shocked when I heard the news that this thing came out, I was shocked that it was eight years. I wasn't shocked at the money because that's what he deserves. But I was very surprised. And my whole way of thinking was, I assumed Jesper Brat would be a trade piece. That we would at least have him to move. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna get rid of Brat, you better go out and try and get a guy like Connor Hollabuck. Well, Brat yeah. signed. Meyer's yeah, gonna be Brad, signed. Chris, with Brat, I have to admit, as a fan, I started getting a little annoyed. Like I was like, I almost sure, had it. Like, sure. and I started like. I think you know, Jack had I, a I statement. I'm not. Stupid. Yeah, I know it's 100 of business. This is what it is. Um, right. This is your big contract, right? A lot of these guys, we talk about it all the time. This is. This is his contract that he had. You know, yeah, his second this contract is the big one. Yeah. Um, but you started getting to that point where I kind of had him written. I was like, this guy doesn't want him. But you started getting this feeling. I have to admit, right when I signed him, I was like, okay, cool. This is yeah. the first step. Right. And then the chips start falling. When when you don't – when you get – when you're a fan of a team, you don't give a shit if it's hockey, baseball, whatever, any team, and you know one of your core guys or even any guy you know doesn't want to be there – as a fan, oh, yeah. you don't fucking want him there. It's, well, that's it's not only that. I mean, I felt like, and I, I want to be positive about this, but to be quite right. honest with you, the playoff he had was huge yeah. in my estimation of, like, if you add, like, I don't know if he wants to be here, plus he did fuck all in the playoffs, uh, I, I was totally cool with them cutting him loose and getting what they can for him, yeah. especially if it was a big move like a Halibut or, you know, but... Um, Look, that's done, and I don't think it's necessarily bad. And boy, you know, in Fitzgerald, I trust because he's done such a great jo- job. I think he's got a good overarching vi- vision, and you know, we're trying to guess at what it's going to be. I-, I think you know, I've got my my uh, my leanings which way he's going, but I really don't know. And I I do believe he's going to put together one hell of a team. Even the moves he made last year that didn't totally pan out, they did on paper, and you know, it wasn't really his fault. It was underperforming players. Uh, a couple, and I, they weren't even bad. They were just like, ah, okay, you know. And you know, I think a forgotten thing about this team too is a guy like Andre Pilat, injured for a lot of last year. Yes, and this is his second year in the system. Uh, the dude can end up being the Andre Pilat of old, and now right. you have another veteran weapon that you can just plug in anywhere because Pilat can play on one line or four lines. It doesn't matter. The man yep. is a, a fantastic hockey it's player. It's going to be huge and for his career and legacy. Problem, if he, I think, yeah. I no, he's what, he wasn't. He was definitely not a problem. No, I agree with you. Tony, he but, played you fantastic know. in the playoffs. I mean, the last yeah. game against Carolina, he, he had a rough game. Uh, yeah. yeah, but but against the Rangers, he had a very good playoff. And a f- couple for a couple of games with the um, in the first se- second series, he had a, a really good playoff. I mean, he's he's, he's in the, healthy I mean, though, especially yeah, game seven against the Rangers. You know that play alone. That gave that Michael McLeod had that first goal on when he had I think it was Kreider and Zabanajad in the corner, yep. two fantastic. Yeah, it was those two I think, and he just made them look stupid and elevated out, a pass over a stick, a beautiful yep. pass to McLeod who just 
was patient and made a ridiculous move on Shesterkin. And that was, you knew at that point, that game was, yeah. it was over. Rangers are not going to win this game. And that was all Palat. So when he Last show, year, it was okay that he was good for the playoffs. This year coming up, I think he's going to have to be part of the, the team more and he's got to stay more injury-free to carry us over the line. We were talking about this. It's going to be a much tougher league, a much tougher run for the Devils. They're not going to surprise anybody. And, you know, Plot staying healthy and contributing, they're not going to have to surprise anybody. It's it, Then it's going to be them, you know, grinding away the opposition like he can do. Can he play like that all year? That's a, you know, that was a pretty intense level at the playoffs. But, you know, even if he does not at that level, but to just be present and be contributing and stay injury-free, that would be awesome. Yeah, you know, Dan, you totally. brought up that the, the bitter thing with uh, you know with these guys like Brat at that point. Look at Hall. I was talking to my wife about this actually. I said, you know, Taylor, Taylor Hall. Right? She watched yeah. when Hall was player with the Devils too. I used to have her watch, and she said when he left, it was like you weren't really. I was bummed he was leaving, but well, first of all, look what we got for him. We got Mercer out of him. I think Ball came out of him. Like, um, but when he left, Ew. it was kind of like a <laughs> kind of like a. It's kind of like what the fuck, man, like. He really didn't want to be there. You just felt it, right? Like this guy wants out of town. Well, there he was... had that whole incident with the fans, right? So just to anybody who doesn't remember, right? He was he just was so uh, he was kind of getting razzed by the fans. Yeah, and yeah. he he did what did he do? He scored one goal, and he was like kind of like last and was like some which, shit. Yeah, yeah, but it was like very contentious. It was like fuck you guys. There's your goal, and it was the, it was really ugly, you know. Like that, was... that's why fans don't really like him too. And there was one play that I remember that really just turned my stomach on Taylor Hall. And to this day, this is every time I hear his name, I go back to this fucking play and I hate him. He, it was, we were, you know, we were a really bad team. It was his second, I think it was the 18-19 season. Bad, bad year. And he, that was the year he was traded. And it was an early game. We were getting killed like 4 nothing. I have no idea who we were playing. He made a nice pass. Somebody scored. Again, don't even remember who it was. Third period. It's a garbage time goal. Our guy celebrated, right? The hugs. Right. He looked, and it was out of the corner of his eye with, like, the most disgusted look on his face. Like, yeah, really? We fucking suck. And you could tell that was exactly what he was thinking. And it made, like, screw you, dude. These are kids that are just getting their feet wet here. And, you know, maybe he's your second year. And, you know, whoever he was playing with. But like, dude, you're you, really you're you're that kind of teammate. You're just that much of a jerk off. So I was happy when he yeah, got and it's, it's not for you guys. For the fans to do that too. Who's your most disliked? Who do you think is the most? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say mine first. Who do you think is the most disliked devil? We're like all gonna we agree on him. We're all gonna agree. There's what? Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk, I say. Oh, oh ever? No, oh, all time. Yeah, no, is that no. what you're saying? Okay, yeah, yeah I'm saying the guy who think the organization when he left, he's the one guy. I personally, I'm just everyone's probably different with this. I just when he left, that was you know. You want to know something real quick? I completely forgot about fucking Kovalchuk. But it like, worked he, out for us. We would have been fucked with his contract. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, what was it like? Ten years, a hundred million dollars, yeah. or something yeah, stupid. Yeah, I couldn't believe uh, it when he said Yeah. <laughs> But like, but yeah. Uh, to me, I thought you were gonna say Bernier from uh, 2012, uh, the game five, the double, the double, the major. No, because I didn't mind Bernier um, besides that shit. You know, it, for the the devil who never was because he's oh. like oh, I was traded there. Fuck that! I retire. <laughs> that was that. That was I, that's a recent okay. one. I got taste now, in my can mouth. We, can we actually count him as a devil? Like he seriously, no, he never even he put on a fucking pair of skates. He never did. But it was it was definitely a, a recent oh, Crawford? slap in the face. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, Crawford. dude. And the people yeah, who Crawford. bought Crawford jerseys. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
That'd be great. You, you put yourself back in that spot, okay? We we didn't have Vanacek, and we didn't have anybody for years. And you know, oh my God, we're gonna get Corey Crawford. Oh, that's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. And then it, like a couple weeks go by, and Corey Crawford says, "I guess I fucking retire then." You know, that's <laughs> yeah. like, oh man, I'm so our, my team is so bad yeah, that I you mean, you don't really want to play hockey anymore. And what <laughs> was it? Trying to stick it out for a trade? That it's like that when bad. Joe got drafted, and he wouldn't go to what Quebec. He's yeah, like, I'm not yeah. Out. but but like yeah. why exactly wh- i wonder what made him even sign the contract in the first place like that's the thing that i always I think about like like yeah, why it's like, it even worse like he was like right. maybe i can do this and then like maybe he visited and was like ah fuck this i can't do it yeah he maybe so saw it, like it, watch a little it, bit I'm of tape from the season before and right. he was like wait a second what, oh, this wait, isn't 2003 <laughs> yeah. it's these fucking right. guys that whole mickey mouse organization yeah it's these right. fucking clowns right yeah you're probably right I don't and, uh, know. That was just was in my head because I mean, let's face it, we have been losing really bad for ten years. But Koval I mean, would... had the saying, "Koval fucked." That's the saying. What he did to us, right? Oh, yeah. well, I mean, he doesn't fucked. honor a contract. I mean, that that kind of walking away is not just a douchey shit like Lindros. Like I'm a big baby. I want to play on a certain team. That was a guy breaking contract, and he did it twice. And he's like, you know, he, and he just go, leaves the league. You know, he's he's definitely it's like, fuck you, NHL. I'm only I don't like him, money. dude. I don't think of him as. Uh, I just think of yeah. him as like, like just a. He was like, I don't know. Yeah, he was when I when he was on the team and trying. Yeah, you were impressed. Yeah, he's a hard gun. He's like, amazing. He almost won a cup. They almost won a cup with him. Yeah, but wow. and I get it. He's like, well, that didn't work. So see ya. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Back now. I gotta because my I think like I wasn't that was after the the um, the strike year. Now when that happened, I think it was like two thousand six, right? I had this and I, I said I'm done. If they go, if they cancel the fucking season. I am done, and I'm not never watching hockey again. And I didn't watch hockey for about fucking five years. Not a yeah. game. I got addicted to American Idol. That's how fucked oh, up my no. life was. <laughs> yes, that's how Going fucked up concerts. my life was. <laughs> Completely, dude. Don't knock Prince. I will kick. I will get you up there. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, and I didn't watch. So the Kovalchuk things. But my question is, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. But that was a Lou Lamorella move, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. To, you mean that, to get him, or like yeah, that he, he, he uh, No, he. But the whole thing. But he made the move yeah. to to get him from Atlanta. Like that right. to me is. Such an unluluamorella move. Yep. Like and, and yeah, it's like this, this is, is the not beginning my end of the goal. end for Lou. It's probably the one time he tried to like step out of his comfort zone. And, you know, it's yeah. that guy like always dresses the same way, and he's like, I think I'll try a different shirt today. And he gets in a car accident. He's like, I guess I'll never wear that shirt again. <laughs> Gave him the you Bobby Bonilla contract, right? You Chris, you yeah. know about the Bobby Bonilla contract? Yeah. Yeah. Paying that fucking thing. Lou probably kicked his dog and said like, This is why I don't, you know, run a team this way. You know. Oh, who was uh, it today? Okay, that got, was MO. Who was it that got bought out today? Um, somebody got fucking bought out. I think it was. Um, I got a check. A devil? No, it was. I think a. Um, I think it was a. a, a and while you're looking for that, Chris, I'm going to tell you guys. I saw that. Uh, talk about favorite players or not not favorite players. The top right. five selling jerseys this year were uh, Ovechkin one, Crosby at two. Patronok three, use it four, and Matthews at five, so use is on the top. That's you know. pretty amazing. That's yeah, top pretty cool. selling teams this year were Bruins, Rangers, Penguins, Capitals, and Avalanche. Right, did yeah. we make the top ten? Do you know? No. Nope, didn't probably see top not. 10. Yeah. Yeah, because like, the only jerseys we sell are Hughes, and that's probably that's it. it. 
Yeah, he's our, he's our, he's our David Cassidy, right? Back from the... How many how many Devil Fan brothers are gonna be like? Okay, I'll wear the Luke Hughes jersey, and you wear the, you know, the Jack Hughes yeah. jersey, right? You know, like that. Yeah, that's gonna There's be a big seller once you get those couples who share Facebook accounts. Oh, like I didn't that. think about that. Couples, yeah. yeah. What was that? Uh, yeah, the, the couples. You know, Devil couple fans. You know, like yes. boyfriend girlfriend. That kind yeah. of the ones that share like gonna go. they get the Hughes jerseys. Yeah, it's kind of weird though when you say it like that. It makes it seem kind of strange. Ekman Larson. <laughs> um, Vancouver bought him out and basically handed him twenty million dollars today and said, mm-hmm. "We don't want you to play for us. Here's twenty million dollars." Was it Adam Larson? He said, e- Ekman Larson, Oliver Ekman oh, Larson. Yeah, he's with Larson's thirty-one-year-old defenseman. Um, he signed an eight-year, sixty-six million-dollar contract with Arizona, which is kind of funny because the Arizona signed him to this deal that that Vancouver bought out today, and Arizona got fucked in the process. Um, so you know how you can retain, I guess, three guys. I'm trying to oh, like um, three, yeah. you can do like three three dead money Protect. salaries, like pick up people's oh, salaries, nice. yeah, okay. when they when they get traded and stuff, and that really helps that with one moving, of them. moving players around. Well, because Arizona signed this contract that was bought out, they actually lose one of them, so they only get two now for next year. So they oh, can crazy. like yeah, so like it makes their trading and stuff more difficult. Um, now, would you guys but, ever yeah. see Adam Larson? Talking about Adam Larson, who's obviously with Seattle, would you guys actually yeah. see him ever come back to New Jersey? No, I don't know if I would recognize Adam Larson if I did see him. We got rid of him so long ago. Um, I like Larson. I thought I think he did well with Seattle too this year. He's had a hell of a career, you know. I mean, he really has. He Everywhere was a bright he's gone, spot our team at that time, you know, we didn't have yeah. a lot of bright spots. He was, he but, was a bright uh, spot. yeah, and he's had a hell of a career, and he's yeah. been, you know, he's the kind of guy that's a big, good defenseman. That, you know, yeah, and it's funny because I never thought about maybe we need a player like him back. I kind of just pictured everybody we've had so far. Yeah. If anything, I was just racing to get rid of a couple. Last it. year, he was plus what? He was plus thirty, no, plus twenty-seven. He put up eight mm-hmm. goals, twenty-five assists, played eighty-two games. I always liked Larson. I was kind of always was shocked. On a really bad. He was on a really him. bad Seattle team last year too. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, that good on a plus-minus. That's impressive. You yeah, know, when you think about true. what we we gave up, it's crazy that we traded him for. As much as we bitched about the Hall thing, I mean that was a weird trade, wasn't it? Was oh concerned. no, it was we fleeced him. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know the whole story. Uh, I've have heard like rumors that it was that bad in the locker room between McDavid and and Hall that oh, you know man. they had to move somebody. And oh, I never was, even heard that story. That's yeah, interesting. that apparently it was kind of they were splitting the locker room. Like who was a McDavid guy, who was a Hall guy, and. They kind of things were kind of going. It's kind of funny to say that now because I feel like Hall, even though he had a great season, he's not on McDavid's level. Was he? No, because this had to be like McDavid's rookie year, rookie year. year, Yeah, you know, maybe where you know he wasn't the McDavid that he is now, which is just a stupid player. Like, dude, he's gonna friggin' he's gonna have two hundred points next season. Like, is there any reason to think this dude? Is not going to be the greatest hockey player ever to friggin' play the game. I know. He looks so Hopefully serious, never, too, doesn't he? Not never one. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he does. it's easy for him. You know, he, he that's the thing. He looks like it's friggin' easy. He looks like he's playing a video game, and he has all the fucking cheat codes. He really does. Well, he makes he makes the quickest shifts in, like t- not in so much turns, but jukes. He can he just change his direction in his ankles. In a way, nobody else can. His moves are amazing. Like and he's huge. nobody can keep up with how he can shift direction three times. The average elite NHL player can do once. 
I mean, yeah. he just is like an incredible skater. He really I, is. I've never in my life, and I've seen Mario and Wayne play pretty much in their primes, and I've never seen a skater like Connor McDavid. I've never He's seen got a player. The and the power. Yeah. He's got the finesse and the power. He's a and big boy. A big frame. Those yeah. strides. He makes a couple quick moves, and those legs just take him right through the hole. T- I mean, He's got it all. He's definitely like the most talented player I, I think I could say I've seen in my lifetime, as yeah. far as his actual fluidity and moves. I, I don't think anybody c- compares to him. I really no. don't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna even take uh, Gretzky. Gretzky, you know, you take the passing, the playmaking creativity away, uh, and you just go, you know, move for move. Who's your guy to score? It's McDavid. Yeah, I, he reminds me a lot of Mario in Mario's prime, and just yeah. the, their sheer size and just basically being able to do whatever the hell they want at any time on the ice um and just being that, that much that much better than everybody else um i i just he's just the most impressive dude i mean he's going to have i i think you know everyone's going to be talking the next two years about ov and beating gretzky's goal record and in a, you know short time and it'll happen it'll seem very quick mcdavid's going to be right there chasing it too because oh, he's yeah. that. I mean, dude. If he, he's going to set the record if he year? could stay healthy. I mean, if he could stay healthy, you don't even have to say he has to be on a great team. His yeah. team is really the problem. He's got to be on a, 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 a somewhat competitive team, and he will, uh, if he should stay healthy, will probably break uh, most of the records. I yeah. mean, yeah. that's kind of crazy. He had 64 goals, 89 assists, 153 points this year. I mean, that is fucking nuts, right? He's, he's like 1.5, any team's best player. He's, he's, he's like 50% uh, better than most teams' best player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a lot. That's crazy. Now, I want to see Tom, where uh, Alex DeBrinkett winds up now. I heard Ottawa's not bringing him back. So well, he's, I heard Ottawa wants to bring him back, but DeBrinkett yeah, doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Want to go, so yeah, he, he wants to leave. I wonder where he's going to wind and, up. He's and I, that's the thing. Like, you want to leave Ottawa. Like, Ottawa has a huge upside right now. Plus, they were just sold. You know, the you know the this year, you know, maybe might be a little bit rough, but then you know he's going to make some changes. He's going to spend some money. He's going to try and get build the best team. Like, why would he not want to be there? And, you know, but whatever. Um and that, you know, I'm glad that at least, again, if he doesn't want to be there, then go. Because I think Ottawa's going to be much, much better next year. And I think Brady mm-hmm. Kachuk is exactly like his friggin' brother. And when he, they get into the playoffs, he's going to he's gonna be just as friggin' damaging. Um, but, you know, I, I think, uh, actually, what the hell were we just talking about? Oh, I <laughs> want to ask you. I know now, Tone, I want to ask you. We talked about it on the other show. Like, how much longer do you think Edmonton can keep losing in the first or second round of the playoffs before McDavid gets a little, you know what, I really want to win a cup. And you take that who's, for what you want, guys. Course, him or Austin Matthews, because it's the same situation. Do you think the uh, two most pressured, so do you think that Toronto and Edmonton have the most pressure more than any other organization? I, I, kind of I think, think so. that, yeah. Probably, I mean, yeah. We talked about it on the last show, and I definitely had Edmonton up there. But yeah, Toronto's right there. I think Toronto, yeah, too. yeah. I mean, they're Toronto's right there. even the worst media market. But slightly. I saw this thing with Toronto. It was uh, I actually was going to tell you guys it was with Toronto in 2019. Boston beat Toronto, loses in the finals. Right, 2021, Montreal beats Toronto, loses in the finals. 2022, Tampa beats the Leafs, loses in the finals. 2023, Florida beats the Leafs, loses in the finals. So they <laughs> do have quite some a pattern. Kind of playoff charm. <laughs> Don't they? Yeah. they do have. It's weird. And it's it's a gift and a curse. You go through the finals, but you do never win it. 
So maybe, yeah. maybe we'll end up with uh, Toronto in the first round next year. No, we'll go lose no, no, in no. The I'm not worried about beating them. I'm worried about beating them. But with McDavid, <laughs> you know I mean, what, what kind of money? Yeah, yeah but oh, dude, dude, they're talking right now, um, whatchamacallit, Toronto is talking right now $14 million a year. Eight for $14 million a year for Matthews. For Matthews. Eight for 14 So what does McDavid right. get? $20 million a year? Well, he'd be you know what? And, yeah. and and that's not that he doesn't deserve it. It's just that there is a reality of what team could possibly afford. So don't be surprised if he doesn't like. No. Why would he move if it's not to win a cup? It's going to be to win a cup. The dude's going to make more endorsement money than anybody times a billion. Exactly. So he might need, not need to take a stupid contract to go to go anywhere. He's probably going to go for less money than you know. It would kind of shock There's... people. It might just be more of like a trade thing. Like you're going to give away your future to get McDave, right? You know, more than the money that you're going to pay for him. But you know, how long is it going to be until he really does start? You know, they go another three years without winning a cup or even getting close to it. Like you know, no, he's such a good player that nobody is turning around. Nobody would ever say, you know, we have to move from McDavid. That's why we're not winning cups or we have to do this or that. Like he eventually is just going to be like, I got to get out of here. Oh yeah. You know? I mean, think about and, the players we talked about, the greats, they, yeah. they did not stick around when the team was shit. No. Now some of those guys were lucky. They came up and set records with winning teams like the Edmonton of old, like shit. We uh, saw Gretzky moved what? Three like, times, like, four, three yeah. Times. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and, and Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh, good with for Mario. Him. Yeah. You know, he, they gave him yeah. Yager to play with him the rest of his career. Oh right. my God. Why would he go anywhere? But you know, for a sec, for if, if, not for a second, would he put up with year after year after year of this? Just like you know, when when uh, Gretzky saw the writing on the wall, he moved. You know, well, I think the the that move with Gretzky was more Edmonton wanting to move on from him too. Like Edmonton got to the point like they were like, we have to start rebuilding. Like eventually, it does go the other way, and the team yeah. starts looking at it too, I guess, and starts thinking, you know what, what are we gonna, what are we You're doing here? For him than now, right. we've already we're, won we're a bunch just, of cups for him. Yeah, we're just yeah. getting older. I mean, now I can, I can, I got this hugely valuable piece, and if you don't feel like you're going to win the cup with him, you know, you move him. So right. could go, you know, won. he was worth his way in marketing. You would just bring him to your town, and, and that's I mean, what, yeah, and that's what McDavid does too. I mean, he's like yeah. Dan said, he's going to make the most out of any NHL player. He's by far the most recognizable, famous player. Um, he's, you know, this. This generation's Wayne Gretzky, you know, he's well, that. That's funny because we talk about endorsements, right? right? And he's definitely he had his face over all over the screens more than any other NHL player, with maybe the exception of who who had the equal amount of time, Wayne Gretzky, right? They were in that. Yeah, I know. That's probably the commercial that ran more than any other I can remember yeah, all right. season, yes. and they're both in it, which is kind of funny because he's yeah. like so big that he's still in commercials to this day. <laughs> right. Exactly. Did you guys see the cup? The cup was down forty three percent in viewing this year at the games. That's, that's oh, they're crazy. gonna say I'm weight. Like it lost some weight. <laughs> no, no, no the viewership was down like forty three percent. We yeah, I'm surprised. Two small yeah, markets surprised. in the finals. We talked about that. Yeah, other yeah, than people I, in I Vegas and Florida, show, probably. Yeah, other than Vegas and Florida, nobody wants to watch that. Both Canada turned it off because they're like, "Fuck yeah, this." You know? Exactly. And, you know, uh, I mean, it was that's when when you see a Toronto in the in the. Uh, cup final, you'll see the biggest ratings ever. Edmonton in there, you'll see the biggest ratings ever. Rangers, those guys. Yeah, even Boston's going to do yeah. good for the ratings. Yeah, did you say Chicago? Chicago yeah, always does the, good for. You know, not not even us. I mean, as yeah. as fun as they love, as much as they love Jack, and as much as much fun as this team is, we're not going to draw a huge. And it's not just anti-Florida stuff. 
but because it, it of all the success, uh, the Lightning got better ratings than Florida did by yeah. far. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, that's that's they were a better team. They had so much success. Florida just popped out of nowhere, and people are like, "What? There's another Florida team?" You know, like the casual fan out there. You're right. You're 100 right. When the hell did these guys come into the league? Yeah, you're they right. Look like you know the B squad of the NHL teams they don't know. You're you know? right. But I will say, uh, when I stopped seeing the Devils broadcast in the playoffs, it was kind of. I will. The, like watching yeah. it was definitely like, damn, man, this it's just such it's a, a whole other thing, yeah, right? It's, it's a such a letdown. It hurts. It, it's just you know. You know, but I, I, I wanted to, yeah. to. You know how the Devils broadcast like, and I was reading something with. I think PK Subban's father bought this up. He was bitching about, which I kind of agree with him because I thought this myself. You watch these games, right? And all this gambling. What do you guys think about this? You're watching the game. <laughs> it's it's, it's I'm sure I had enough of it. <laughs> yeah, it's like. This gambling is a bad – it's a big problem, right? And you're yeah. watching the game and, and you can still gamble with 30 seconds left. <laughs> you know? It's hilarious. We, we, we actually – Dan and I had a whole conversation about this on an earlier podcast back. Like it, we are going to have an entire generation of gambling problems. Like it, it's really <laughs> – It's not, it's not Within cool, 10 right? years, you are going to start hearing like this public outrage against yeah. gambling because it's going to be like – you know, you're going to hear all these stories. My son lost – I think the, kids you know, are going to start gambling at a younger age. So they're going to have like – you know bookies in like grade schools pretty soon yeah i, I mean it, funny, you know like jimmy's gonna break my legs if i don't give him that you know exactly it, yeah, like you'll be watching this right you know? and, and they'll be like yeah you have ten dollars left in your bank account <laughs> you still have five yeah, minutes to i make mean it, you yeah know, you like, put 20 bucks in you get a hundred dollar free bet you know no sweat first bet this and that doing and their best to uh, normalize it you know they're getting like you know the, your local people that read the you know the information on it and some people sell it more than other you know they had like Erica Walker reading about it. I'm like, right. How is she feeling about this? I exactly. That was just crazy. That's a bigger sell for her than the gambling. <laughs> yeah. The gambling, she's not so sure about the face cream. She's not no problem pushing that. But, you know, like when they bring their own people in these commercials, I yeah. don't know. I'm trying to remember which it, one it is. It's the one with all the green. That motherfucker looks as crazy uh, <laughs> like as anybody in rounders. Like, he looked like. <laughs> He looked like <laughs> Edward I mean, he Norton. He looks like the guy you're buying a bag of coke uh, from at the bar, right, at 2 o'clock yes, in the morning. Totally. I mean, he's a sketchy motherfucker. This is the best they could do from their company to come in and tell you about the odds. And they have, and that's the crazy thing. Like, the entire Pete Davidson fucking, look healthy, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> the entire show's on betting. You know, they yeah. used to have it on the fantasy shit. And fuck the fantasy. This is all about betting. I'm going to tell you the lock of the fucking week. Who's this? Who's that? I don't gamble at all. Um, and, and I have no interest because I love my teams. This is why I don't play fantasy either. I, I love my teams and I love the guys that are on my teams, whether it's the Vikings or the Devils. If I played fantasy or I wanted to take a bet, I, I would never bet on the Packers. I would never take Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback in fantasy. I would never win. I can never root against I'm my guys. I'm a Raider guys. fan. I can't bet. I, and I would never, yeah, exactly. I would never want to be that guy that's like, I'm a huge They're Viking fan, of- but. As long yeah. as Rogers throws for fucking three fifty and I make my hundred bucks, no, I, I fucking that's stupid. There are plenty of guys who you know sports without gambling is just not the same, okay? And they're yes. like, they're, they'll they tell you they love sports, sweat. Yeah. and it's just kind of fun, but they're really in it for the gambling. And then there's you know once in a while the occasional gambler 
let's be honest, they're not the market that those fucking commercials are looking no. for. You, they can't sustain that much advertising for the, the people like you and I know who will gamble a couple times a year outside the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like right. those are your, And I don't even gamble that much personally, but I know a lot of people who do. I don't know a lot of people who are constantly running juice on games, especially. And when they came out with this in hockey, I was kind of surprised. I I know like it hit all the sports, so why not try it? But hockey is the worst fucking sport to to bet on. When you right? just look at like you know cover the spread, you can't use that term. It's like that. It's it. The, that's all the, why everything's it's, it's, less than a goal. The percentage. What the fuck am I looking at? But here? that's why that's why the prop bets are so fucking big. Yeah. No, I'm not going to oh, bet yeah, on the fucking anything. line. Yeah. But I'm going to bet 50 bucks that Jack Hughes gets the first goal tonight. I'm going to bet, you know, 20 bucks that this and that. And it's, yeah. dude, I work it's, it's with. It's crazy. This stuff I work is like with, insane. It makes no sense. It's, you got yeah. people coming on Monday mornings. Honey, we have to move out of the house by tomorrow. They're coming to take but, it. <laughs> do you see? That's that's the issue, though. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. In in 10 years' time, you make we make jokes. But that's exactly what's going to fucking happen. And you are going to see this huge public fucking outrage. Mark my words. Five years to ten the maximum. I I don't want to sound like a teetotaler of gambling, whatever that is, the equivalent. But I totally understand where you're coming from. And it's pretty crazy. And I think we have one thing to blame for this. Fantasy sports. Yes. Fantasy sports introduced the concept of gambling before anybody ever thought about it. There were so many people who were fantasy, you know, they loved doing it, and they so weren't really doing it for the money. But then there was the pool that always associated with it, and next thing you know, they're associating that, that gambling. You know, they really started the fantasy just to be kind of like, let's face it, nerds, and be like, oh, my guys, I'm just tracking numbers and shit. And now that and it's, it's kind of fun. And having well, to draft with your buddies and drink. To, and But the gambling thing, I think that really took root. And at least in hockey, uh, with the fantasy sports. I don't think you would have seen it on television and have that kind of market without fantasy sports. And mark my words, eventually it will corrupt the game. It, not just hockey, I'm not just saying one of the sports is going to have a major fucking, like, they threw this game, these fucking guys put all this money on it. I feel like we are marching towards some yeah, giants. Look at them, especially Isaiah Rogers, Chris, it, you know. from the Colts. Look at Isaiah right. Rogers from the Colts yeah. came out last week. And he was, yeah. you know... He had been betting on his own team. You can't do that, yep. you know. Okay, now, the, but, the, but, the but, player's going to say, I mean, let's think about the Pete Rose era. The first thing they're going to say is, what's wrong with betting on my team? You know, I'm, I am I believe in my team. And, right, I bet like, them the, to win, you know, yeah, that's it, what they it, say. It, it, that's what, a, like, a blind fan would be like, yeah, oh, I mean, Rose what's your fucking this? problem? Uh, dude, do you see how he's just, like, one, you know, more – you know, mortgage payment on a new place away from just going, I'm not going to play so hard tonight. Do you see yeah. how that's too dangerous to live yeah. with? There are some people who will be like, nah, I don't have a problem with it. Why and it just show like the, how, the, how normalized it got. Yeah. All right. What's the one city up until six years ago that they would not put a professional fucking franchise in any of the major sports? Yes. Because Las fucking of, Vegas. Because of that. the gambling. Yes. They honestly, the main like, reason this, this was... It, city. There's no way we can deal with this right. level of gambling between on top the, of our sport. Between the teams. Their whole thing was, if we put a team there, eventually it'll get corrupted by the team that's there. They'll start betting. It's legal. Plus the teams that are coming in. That's why they look did. Bad. Now yep. they fucking allowed it to just fucking spread like herpes all over the fucking league. If there's a battle there, boy, did Vegas win. They didn't just they, get into the leagues. Now they have their business inside the leagues. In you know? six like, short years. Yeah. In six yeah. short years, look what it's fucking done. Because up yeah. until six years ago, the gambling, they were so... And they might be strict and they talk about but they trust me, there are ways to get around every fucking bullshit that's out there. 
Um, I know we hear, oh, you know, these guys just got fucking suspended however many games. The guy from the running back from Detroit, um, yeah. or the wide receiver from Detroit, and two other players. Like, uh, uh, you know, the, you, the Guardians, too, was betting on the games. You, you know, this the makes Guardians me think of Casino. Mm-hmm. You remember, well, you remember the movie? Commanders. Do you remember the movie Casino? Sure. Like, do you remember the ending where De Niro's like, now everything's changed? Yeah, this place looks like Disney World. Yeah, because you know? he's talking about all the mobsters got chased out of Vegas, yep. and it's all corporate now. And anybody who's been to a casino, I uh, can say like myself, Atlantic City and stuff, they are like m- way more corporate. You know, instead of, you have no sense that there's any like you know low level criminal Joe Pesci like you know controlling any of these places anymore. Yeah. And now you're seeing the result of that, like because these guys are good. <laughs> I mean, that, that's why like that old image of the mob and controlling casinos was not going to fly with these leagues but now for like a couple decades the corporations have controlled and they run them like disney world and, and they can have done right. and who owns who owns uh most of the sports broadcast oh yeah disney <laughs> so you know what i'm saying like they're all yeah, like yeah. synergistic corporations now and, they they, they, and that's all big business did was take the model yeah. that the mob fucking used and just oh, lobby well, their just way into it fucking legalizing better. it they just yeah. did it better they, they, have you guys been to a casino yeah. recently yes uh, not recently uh, you know earlier this year i went to uh, ac so i remember when i do they still like i remember when i would, would go to vegas especially earlier years they would you would go to a casino and they'd bring you free drinks is sure. that still a thing going yeah, on? Yeah, of course. That's the Absolutely. thing. Get your liquor up. I didn't know if they were still doing the free beverages oh, while you gamble. No, no. You know what? No. Tom, we used to actually go out before kids, you know, uh, with the you know the couples, the friends, and we would just go and go all play poker like on the same table, and you know, mostly nobody won or lost very much, but like we would just all We'd sit all there be together. <laughs> and there was basically a free night of drinking. Yeah. You know, it was like. It, it, yeah, because we were at like a low limit table, we weren't going to lose that much. Yeah. Uh, so we maybe you kind of customer, but yeah. yes, they never stopped giving us drinks. No, and it's Jack and Cokes all night. And maybe at the end of the night, you're on your way home, or you get the room there, and you're like, I actually fucking only lost a hundred bucks tonight. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, you know, I had a whole fucking those, fun night. Drunk. Those, oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the object. That's yeah. why we went. Yeah, you know, right. and I think about <laughs> it. I relate with, uh, right. the reason to do it. The way to do it for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's like medical weed, right? Like I thought I was telling. Like I remember when it was so illegal, and then I'm in, in Florida. When you get the card, they start texting you every morning. We have this available today and this available. I'm like, yeah. man, how crazy is life, right? We'll get, get into, the- we'll get into the legal weed subject on the next uh, podcast, but we think we're going to have to wrap it up tonight. Yeah. As much fun I as this, we did are love weed. It, 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 get the table. We'd sometimes have like, like if a table took like ten players, we have like six or eight of them were us. Yeah, and then so we would just sit there all night, and then random people would come in. It would be like, you know, talk with this person, bust their balls, whatever, and you just watch them after a while. Like all these stupid assholes, they know, it, and they get up and leave after a while. They'd be like, they'd be disgusted. It would take them a little while to know that we were together, and then like, when they realized yeah, like, that that we were just assholes, yeah, <laughs> they, they yeah. would leave. Yeah, it was great because we'd it. all we'd all just gang up on them. Oh yeah, it was great. You yeah. sat at the wrong table, motherfucker. We yeah, weren't like exactly. aggressive. We were not aggressive like that. We, we weren't like, hey, you sat at the wrong table. We were like, hey, how are you? And like, we were just driving crazy. And right. uh, that was kind of fun. Like, you know, like Buster Balls a little bit about how they were playing, what they were doing, yeah. and uh, it became our play thing. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. We should definitely yeah. do that again. I know. I want to go all of a sudden now that we were talking about it. I, I want to go right now. <laughs> well, they're always open. This um, is true. I didn't tell you the whole story, but I did end up there pretty recently. I kind of forgot. Uh, 
it, yeah, I'll tell you that story another time. It was pretty funny. All right. But, well, we will wait for that for the next time then. Yeah, um, uh, so, yeah you guys, oh, that's a cliffhanger. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, come we'll back. It's such an amazing and, story. Legal yeah, Weed exactly. and Dan's AC story, which, yeah. yes. we, which I'm going to make you tell us once we stop this podcast. It's all the same tell it again story. on the no, podcast. But, yes. um, so, or guys, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for checking us out tonight. Let us know what you think about the Jesper Bratt deal or uh, yeah, what you think exciting. is going to end up with Timo Meyer. You can hook up with us at unclepuckers.gmail.com. DML us on Twitter. DM us, rather, on Twitter. Um, check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, uh, Apple Music. Give us a five-star review goes a long way to help promote the podcast so please do that if you could we would really appreciate it for the uncle puckers i'm chris dan tony uh sorry bob we miss you we'll mm-hmm. see you when we see you see ya. puckers out It's over.